It's the Craigie Rugby Podcast. It's the midweek edition prior to the Ulster match. On the line tonight, I've got Danny Deegan. How's it going? And William Davis. Evening, lads. How are you? Okay, William, you're, you're on our virtual press conference as usual today. I still can't quite get around that. <laughs> this is even, even this long into the season. Who were you talking to? Uh, Owen Masterson and Andy Friend. Two games gone in Europe, two that possibly got away from Connacht in terms of wins. So how have you how have you handled that? What's been your analysis of analysis of that so far? Yeah, I think very much like you said, um the overall feeling is is disappointment. Um obviously going away to Racing, probably one of the toughest toughest games you can have in Europe and to uh to have an attack, attacking chance to win the game with the last play and um and not, and not capitalise was very disappointing, but we took a lot of positives from that game and we're confident going into Bristol that if we could get a good win, we'd, we'd still be in with a great shout. Um, and then obviously, yeah, Bristol was at the weekend there, just, yeah, just very, very disappointing is the overall feeling. Um, just reviewed it this morning. Um, yeah, one that definitely got away from us, back ourselves at home, felt, felt we were well, well in the game for, for long periods and a game that we should have won. So you're at home again now, Sunday. You're, these games come thick and fast. Uh, Ulster unbeaten in the Pro 14, but also coming in with two European defeats. So what's 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 the mindset with that? What are you expecting from them, bearing in mind you beat them in the Aviva back in August? Yeah, I suppose always a massive battle against against Ulster. It's been pretty nip and tuck in the last, the last couple of games. has been... Victories on, victories on both sides. Um, obviously, we the most recent one in the Aviva, which was very positive. Um, but yeah, look, they've been flying into Pro 14. I think it just goes to show you how tough a competition the Champions Cup is with the new format. And uh, obviously, we had games against Racing in Bristol and they, Toulouse and Gloucester, which is, um, yeah, look, they're very, very hard games. And another another hard game for us now playing each other. Um, but we're excited. As you said, the games keep coming thick and fast. I think we had a seven-week block of games there with Racing, Bristol, Ulster, Leinster, Munster, Racing, Bristol—like that's that's as hard a seven-game stretch as, as you're as you're going to get. Um, but I suppose it's great. Obviously, disappointed to lose at the weekend, but it's great there's another opportunity on Saturday to get back on the horse and hopefully get a, a good win that will um, lift the mood. Uh, you've been playing a lot of rugby this season, but you, you change your position um, up in the second row, so. How have you how have you approached that? Uh, was that a surprise? I know because of the injuries, I suppose, but you seem to have got on well there. Uh, and how different is it to the back row? Um, yeah, I've I've enjoyed it to be perfectly honest. Um, I suppose maybe when I was younger, I kind of I kind of stopped growing a bit uh, earlier than I would have liked. And my dad always thought I was going to be a second row. Never quite managed to be as tall as him. He's a little bit taller than I am, and he's always slagged me that I would have been. A good second row um, instead of just a. I know <laughs> I, won't, I, won't, I, won't, I won't say what he says, um, but um, no, I've I've enjoyed it. Obviously, with Quinn and uh, Ulti going to going to Irish camp, which was which was great for them. But obviously, it took them away from our setup and our and our training for a long time. Obviously, we got Ulti back um, towards the back end of weeks to to come and play games. Um, so it provided me with an opportunity. Obviously, with injuries to. Uh, Niall Murray as well and Killian Gallagher hasn't been available um, so I, I was aware that it's, it's something I've kind of filled a gap in, in previous years off the bench and whatnot 
Um, so I, I was pretty excited by by that opportunity to to play to play there consistently. And um, yeah, it is a bit different in, in the way we play. You might see our, our back rows m- might be on the width a little bit more. In the second row, you're probably in the thick of it in, in the middle of the pitch between the 15s. Um, I found myself getting my hands on the ball quite a good bit, being involved in uh, the defensive passages a good bit as well. And no, I've I really enjoyed it. And uh, the brother's there. So uh, is, how, is that really different to have your brother as part of the team or is he just part of the team or do you have to do you approach it slightly differently um i don't approach any, anything differently um it's just it's, it's massive massive honor and we're real proud of him and mom and dad are obviously real proud to see us both playing together and um i suppose my move to the second row has kind of helped that a little bit rather than us fighting for um a back row slot and <laughs> i was disappointed to miss out in the first round against glasgow and he was on the bench obviously i was I was happy for him, but I was absolutely gutted at the same time. And uh, I think the following week, then I was back in and he was out. So, um, no, look, it's it's great. It's something we like. Obviously, we've been playing rugby um, in our backyards together um, from a young age, and something we always dreamed about playing pro rugby together. So, um, it, it's it's kind of special. I'm trying to enjoy enjoy the moments that we have together on the pitch as much as we can. Obviously, I think Zebra away was our first start together, and. Yeah, seeing how seeing how well he's going as well, and how well he's fitting in, and how much he's adding to the team is, yeah, um, it's it's really good. He's an abrasive fellow, isn't he? He gets stuck in. He doesn't take a backward step. No, he's he's really good. He, he's he's really athletic. Um, obviously, like every young player, there's bits and bobs to work on. But I think with, with Sean, you really get that. You get that impact in the tackle and the carry. You get that bounce around the place. You get that energy. Um, so yeah, hopefully, I think he's 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 shown himself up well the last two weeks and. Um, Hopefully, there's more to come from him. And you're on 99 caps. So, if selected on Sunday, uh, you'll be hitting the 100. Uh, and you'll probably get there sometime over the Christmas, depending on how it works out. That That's a fine achievement. It must be something you're, you, you've had to work hard for that because you've had a few injury knocks along the way and you've kept going. No, no, th- thanks. Um, obviously, this is we haven't even had our first session post um, post Bristol yet. We've had our review online on Zoom. Um, with the game being on Sunday, Monday was our recovery day, and we're just we just have to start at Tuesday now. So, in terms of selection, we don't know yet. Um, but it would be it would be nice to hopefully be involved for for my hundred cap. And yeah, and look, like you said, it's it's a massive massive honour. Hopefully, hopefully it comes and we stay injury free and all of that. But um, yeah, look, I suppose a few years ago when um when I blew out my knee and I I don't think I had fifty caps at the, at the time to uh to come back and have a good injury free run and um yeah look it's, it's a big honour I, I I love this place I consider a home mum and dad in in Westport um I'm living here with my uh my fiance now in uh in Galway and it's very much home for us and yeah I just love the place and very proud to hopefully hopefully get there someday. Just trying to get a sense of where you are after those two defeats in Europe. Um, it was very important for Connacht to get into the Champions Cup, someone you talked about a lot last season. Uh, is there a bit of a feeling that maybe you've you've blown it a little bit by losing the first two games? Yeah, there is. Uh, yeah, we were we were disappointed um, with Racing, albeit courageous, all of that stuff. But yeah. Um, that doesn't get your points on a board. So that was frustrating. And then coming out of Sunday night, um, we had opportunities, mate. We didn't take them. So it, it is very disappointing that we sit here today and one would suggest that our Champions Cup 
chances are, are very, very slim at the moment. So how do you, t- what have you got to turn around now? Because losing can become a bit of a habit and playing well is no use if you don't beat Ulster on, on, on Sunday. That that just adds to the to the negativity. Yeah, it does. And, and you know, the, the, our intention is to win. Our intention is always to go out there and win. Um, there's not negativity around. That's the pleasing thing. I, I, everyone was honest enough. We're all grown men. We understand when we don't perform. So we didn't perform, unfortunately, on uh, on Sunday night in, in a couple of key areas. And and that cost us the win. I'll also say, yeah, we're up against a, a Bristol team and a Racing team that have a pretty, a pretty healthy squad. So in order to beat those teams, we have to be at our best. We've had our own issues and complications around getting our best on the football park at the moment. It's been tricky. Um, thankfully, we we get a few boys back this week. So we head into Ulster. Uh, they're in a similar situation to us, two losses in Champions Cup. They're coming to the sports ground. Both teams are going to want to have a win. Um, and, and that's our intention to, to get that win this weekend. You had a few issues in the line-out uh, in, in both games, but you did manage to, to, to fix it. Um... But you didn't go to many shortened lineouts against Bristol. Was there any particular reason for that? Because that seemed to work really well against Racing as a as a as a fix to the to the problems in the first half. Yeah, we we uh, we we've got our lineout calls and we've got our options that we we believe um, are going to give us uh, the best results. Um, I know it's an area of our game that traditionally has been very very strong and for. You know, some some pretty obvious reasons. We've we've had some personnel missing. Um, we we've we we're up against. I thought a, a quality, uh, probably the best line out defence that I'd seen in my time in Europe with Racing. Um, and on the weekend, uh, you know, similar. I thought Bristol did a good job. So it, it's an area that we do pride ourselves on. We know in order for us to to get dominance, our set piece has to be good, uh, and it's certainly an area that. Um, there's a lot of time being spent at the moment trying to to make sure we we uh, we get the confidence back in both scrum and line out, which I think are still two two real quality strengths of ours. Um, but in the last couple of weekends, uh, they probably haven't been there. And who are you looking to get back in um, to the to, to the overall player player availability squad for these three games? Quinroo and, and Gavin Thornbury both become available this weekend, which um, which will be welcomed. Um, we will lose Bundy this weekend. Uh, he, he's on a break, um, uh, which is part of the RFU uh, set up for the boys that, that were in national camp. So, uh, But having Quinn and, and Gav coming back, I said that's a real boost for us. Was he disappointed with that yellow card on, on Sunday because Bristol... They just turned it up there. They got fourteen points in that period. That's that's really hard. Yeah, I've no doubt he was, mate. Like we we talk about red penalties and um, you know not being able to give opposition easy access, and and it was a it was a penalty that was not necessary. Like we, you know, Pete Wilkins showed the clip today. We had when when that kick finally got kicked through, we had nine Connacht bodies around that to one Bristol person around that. So. Um, we've got to trust that our defence is going to be good enough and our scramble is going to be good enough that if they kick the ball through there, we're okay. We'll have it covered. Um, and that's one of the pluses of Connacht Rugby. You know, these blokes work their backsides off our... We have another saying in in, in our defensive system, there's always a solution until someone stops working. Well, we don't stop working. Our blokes do work hard. So there's no need to give that stuff away. So 
I've no doubt he is disappointed, but you know, these things happen in the heat of battle too. Um, you know, they're only human and uh, I've no doubt he is disappointed with that. William, we had your immediate thoughts of the game afterwards and any friend still sounds a little bit annoyed by the whole situation. What are, what are your thoughts a couple of days later now? Look, I think the, the bottom line is they blew it. And we're going to hear something similar when we talk to Ulster a bit later in the podcast. Uh, Connor could have won those two games and to not win either of them um, is very disappointing because they put so much effort into getting into the Champions Cup and so much store as to how important it was going to be this season. It's a very different season. It's a different Champions Cup. But they had two opportunities to win games, one in Paris, one in Galway. They took neither. The defeat in Galway, particularly disappointed, I think. Obviously, Pat Lamb coming back was part of the story, along with John Muldoon, etc. But really, in the end, <clears throat> it came down to a game of rugby, and Connacht just weren't good enough and didn't make the right decisions on the night. And there's, it still hurts hurting them. It, Owen Masterson, they're trying to park it because they have to. Yeah. But I think it has pulled them up a little bit and it's knocked them a bit off kilter and they have to try to get back on the horse very quickly now because they've got three tough interprovincial games st- starting on Sunday against Ulster. They do, they do. Okay, Danny, you got some insights into a couple of things that might have gone wrong, and one being the line-out. Like you're, you're a, that was your specific skill set when you were playing. Um, what did you notice about why the line-out went wrong? Looking at it, I think there isn't that much wrong with our line-out. The problem with the line-out is that it, there's so much to it. It's not as simple as just, oh, that was a bad throw from the hooker. Or that was just a bad lift. There's a whole, there's a timing thing. Everybody has to be on the right page. So, uh, so just uh, as you talk about the timing, I looked at the first, the first line out that we lost, where you know we got ourselves into their half, and it was an important one. I looked and thought, wow, that was a good throw. What was wrong with that? Well, uh, there, there's two ways you can look at it. Uh, you could say that the throw was fine and the, the jump was late, or was the throw early and the jump was fine? Because mm. as as uh, the ball is coming in. Uh, Boyle is still going up and he doesn't get to his peak until the ball's over him. So to me, on my first look, and I thought that the ball came in too early. Okay, okay. So that's just a timing thing. That's something they just sit down into the, you're on, on the practice ground, they, they get their timings right. They get their little nods. They get their little, like who who, who initiates the time? Like, uh, the call goes in, Dennis Buckley runs up, talks to Hef. So how did they how did they communicate that last little bit? I assume everyone has their own little way of doing it. Well, uh, you tend to have a, a, this is where the line-out caller comes in. So right. the way Connacht do it, because you have crowds, it's slightly different from when we were doing it. You could just make a call and in the middle of that call, there'd be a, a we we used to call it set. And it would just set off the whole lineup. On the weekend, it looked like as Delan was walking in, that's what set off the lineup. But the ref did stop that. So they went back to a call. But I think the bigger issue was the mall, if I'm honest. They're not working as one. The mall is very similar to the scrum, as in that if you don't work together, then it's you're you're going to get blown away. Um, and you could see it at the weekend. There were there was times where Connacht were just trying to defend as in ones and twos, um, and you can't do that against a pack that's bigger than you. Uh, as an example, um, the the pack difference, the weight difference was sixty five kilos. The first line that the first penalty we gave away, Sean Masterson gave away a penalty, but he immediately rectified it. 
because in the lineup he sacked the jumper, which stopped the thing from moving. So why don't you do that more often? Well, in that instance, there was no actual lift. So it makes it a little bit easier because he didn't have to, when, when you're trying to sack, there's so much things going on. It's a, it, it's a much bigger skill than people think it is because if you hit either of the lifters early, that's a penalty against you. If you pull down the man while he's still in the air, that's a penalty against you. Also, you can get it wrong because you've got a guy that's, uh, their guys were 118, 118 kilos and 119 kilos just as a second row. Their two props were over 125 kilos. So you've got a guy going up that's 120 and two guys that are 120 each holding him up. Mm. So you have to have some serious power and time it properly to pull him down. Right. Because if you, if you miss that, that's it. You're, you're not going to stop that mall. That mall will, will keep going because you won't be able to defend it. And, and their mall was their, I think it was their, their third, I think it was the second or third best meter maker in the weekend third because meter. the third meter maker, they had 77 meters, just the mall alone. I think ours only made seven or eight or nine or something, something single figures anyway. So like that, that's, that's something huge. And there's not an awful lot you can do if you're giving 60 kg away to the opposite back. No, but there is one thing that, uh, one thing I would have been annoyed if I was Jimmy Duffy, I guess, is the body height of Connacht sometimes because you can see it in the their first try they come down and just completely go because mm. uh, Connacht don't have the right body height if you're coming up against a team and you want to try and stop them and you're not going to sack them you have to get lower that's the only way you're going to beat them okay fair enough good stuff and William then you were mentioning you know some of the decision making I suppose the, the big one being Paul Boyles near the end well I think there was two there was Bundy's decision to pull back a player which got a yellow card Mm. Um, which I think was a bad decision. And I think that's pretty obvious, very serious problem because they scored 14 points. The second one was Paul Boyle. And it's interesting, Andy Friend in the press conference today, in the greater press conference, talked about that. And he said, I backed the decision on the field. Mm. And I still back the decision on the field. But we will, at a later stage, discuss what other options were available. So he's, he's basically saying you can't second guess a captain on the field. No. But what you can do is sit down and say, but why did you make that decision? And do you think now that it's the right decision? And I suspect he doesn't because... Well, actually, bonus... actually, just, just before you move on there, let's, let's actually listen to what Paul Boyle said in the press conference directly after the match. The honest answer is in my head when I was making the decision was that we were out of the Heineken Cup and I suppose a pride thing took over uh, in the end and looking back on it it's not the smartest decision and I'll take that in the chin um, Challenge Cup didn't come into my head at all um, so yeah that was that was a mistake and that's on me There there's a man owning his owning his decisions Yeah and that's fine but the problem is you've got to get these decisions right mm-hmm. and the, cha- the Champions Cup is gone for Connacht as it has for Ulster but they have three bonus points and we have one. Mm. So they are still in a position probably to get into the Challenge Cup. And it's important to keep playing in Europe. Bristol won the Challenge Cup. It seems to have given them quite a boost. Mm. Um, and because of we're in COVID at the moment, look, Bristol and Connacht mightn't happen because if Bristol were to get cases of COVID and they can't field, Connacht get five points. Yep. And it's it's the same with Racing. Now, nobody mm-hmm. wants that to happen. I'm not saying that's what you're, you're aiming for, but it's a possibility. It's just a lesson 
in game management. That there is, there is so much to being a captain in these type of competitions. I understand what he's saying, yeah. and I suspect they'll work around it. They, I, he will be captain in Connacht again. He will have to make these type of decisions, and yeah, it's just it's just part of the process that you have to go through. Maybe listen to other players on the field. It's suggested that other players were suggesting let's take the three points. Yes, there is a former captain who was from the back line who was pretty vocal about wanting the three points and was pretty unhappy when they weren't taken. Okay, let's take a quick break. We would like to thank all our patrons for their support in helping keeping the podcast going. If you would like to help ensure that we can keep providing the most comprehensive coverage of Connacht Rugby, you can do so by logging on to patreon.com slash craggyrugby and for less than the price of a cup or a pint a month, hit the join button. You can also spread the word about our podcast to anyone with even the faintest interest in Connacht Rugby and asking them to have a listen. You can let us know what you think of our coverage by contacting us on our Twitter handle at craggyrugbypod or by sending an email to craggyrugby at gmail.com. You can go to craggyrugby.com to listen to our back catalogue of over 300 episodes that cover the last five plus seasons of the highs and lows of not only the Connacht men's professional team and the Eagles, but also the exploits of the Connacht women's team in the Interpros. Remember, you can listen to us on your favourite podcast player by asking Alexa or Siri to play a Craggy Rugby podcast, or you can now even get us on YouTube. Just search for Craggy Rugby. Right, let's move on to the big game at the weekend, uh, the game against Ulster. Just just before we actually talk about it, William, any any injuries? Any update on on Wooten? Because he left. Uh, he's having a scan. Okay. Um, and so it could go for him or against him. Mm-hmm. Sean Masterson had a scam. A scam. A scam. He didn't have a scam. Sean <laughs> Masterson had a scan uh, after that horrible knee injury and was back playing. Uh, yeah. So we hope the same for Alex Wooten. Uh, Quinn Rue and Gavin Thornbury will be back for selection. Uh, Bundyaki will definitely not be available for selection. He's on IRFU rest after internationals. Yes, William, you're actually talking, um, and we're going to hear that in a couple of minutes, to Dan McFarland. Did you have anything of interest to, to say about the, the match at the weekend? Quite a lot. Uh, he had quite a lot to say about the uh, two defeats in Europe. Uh, it was Jordy Murphy who actually, when I, we spoke to him, he was the first player up said, uh, are you aware, or did Dan talk about the fact that we were told today that Ulster haven't won an away interprovincial since they beat Connacht in December 2015? Um, which was quite interesting because Dan McFarland didn't talk about it, but Jordy Murphy, it obviously stuck in his head. Yeah. It was obviously a central part of their discussion. Uh, mm-hmm. That's a long, long time not to win an away interpro. We know all about um, that. <laughs> uh, we do, but five years for Ulster, mm-hmm. um, they know they have a big job on here. And they, they he, he alludes to it. He's obviously most of the press are Northern Ireland based. There's, there's written journalists, there's TV. And he wasn't buying anything into the fact that Connacht had lost their two games in Europe because he pointed out that Ulster had lost their two games in Europe. And they don't... Coming here, he sees as a massive challenge. He didn't use the word opportunity. He just kept talking about the challenge. 
Uh, he seems to have them convinced that it's going to be a 50 mile an hour wind and hailstones, which I can't quite see myself, but I don't know what weather forecast he's looking at. Um, and he says it'll be a game for the purest. And yeah, he's a, this is going to be a proper old Interpro scrap. Another stat for you is he Ulster have not lost three games in a row since Dan McFarland took over as coach. That was pointed out to him. Right, right. Wow. <laughs> That's so, a good one. That's a good one. The pressure's on. And, and those wins in Galway that, that Connacht have had, Danny, there's been, they, they tend to be entertaining. Yeah. Uh, there's been four four home, home games uh, for Connacht against Ulster since uh, they last since Ulster last won down here. And Connacht have scored a minimum of 20 points against Ulster in each of those games. Wow. That's not something we do very often. No, it, no it's... it's um... I think it's set up for a fascinating evening. Um, yeah. Two teams on a rescue mission, uh, two head coaches who are not happy with it, where the world is at the moment. Okay, well, actually, let's have a listen to what Dan McFarlane had to say and we'll hear how he feels. It strikes me this is going to be a, a bit of a high-pressure game for both sides, both coming in with very disappointing situations out of Europe. Um and both with a, a lot of little small things t- to correct. So what are you expecting from Connacht? They've, they've changed the way they're playing a little bit this season and you did play them at the Aviva back in August. Yeah, look, um, um, you know, they, 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 they've lost a couple of games in Europe and we've lost a couple of games in Europe and it's, uh, um, it, it, is, it is disappointing. Um, Europe's a tough competition. Um, now we're playing some tough into pros. Um, like we, as a, as a, as a organisation, my like Ulster have not won down in in Galway since 2015 um, in a 10-3 victory. So, you know, the the, the there's, there's there's history there that uh, um, that that says that this is a tremendous challenge for us. You know, like kind of a proud side. They play really well at home. Um, you know they did some really good stuff in the in the Bristol game, um, and, and and came out on the wrong side against uh, against an excellent side packed with 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 really good players. So, you know we know they'll be smarting, um, and 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 we're we're, we're going to come down with uh, with an attitude that we we, we want to take on this challenge face on and and, and uh, try try and get a win away from home. Okay, William, some good stuff there. Yeah, it was it was a downbeat press conference, a bit different to Connacht, I thought, um, mm. in terms of you, Ulster haven't really done anything in Europe since since they got to the final in two thousand and twelve, but they they certainly expect to get to quarterfinals, and they're not going to get there unless there's a whole weird set of results, um, and the media up there, again, I think it's 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 a we have to accept the Pro 14 is is central competition, but Europe still has this. Uh, there's a story around Europe that, that mm-hmm. maybe people who don't follow the Pro 14 week to week buy into. Mm-hmm. So the media tend to follow that a little bit as well, and therefore, Ulster are under a bit of pressure now because they've had this unbeaten run. Uh, Stephen Ferris basically said it means nothing because they've been showing up in Europe. 
Dan McFarland wasn't really having that. I can, though he accepted that you have to. Con- it's okay winning seven with five bonus points or whatever it is, yeah. but you have to convert that. And they didn't do it. Yeah, they nearly did it. They could. They should have won both games. And this, mm-hmm. you know, absolutely. They, re- they really should. They should have ten points. Mm-hmm. And he's talking about the small margin. So it's eating away. And I think if Connick, uh, uh, Jody Murphy talked about the bad starts that they've made at the sports ground, he said, we're after 20 minutes, they're not in the game. That's what Connick have to do. They have to come out there on Sunday and tear into them. Yeah. Um, not in a way that they're, you know, giving away penalties or yellow cards or whatever. Just get in and, and set them back and say, this isn't going to be a good night for you. You're in, yeah. the, you're in the wrong place tonight, lads. We're here. This is our territory. We're going to do you again. And I think you can get into Ulster. Ulster tend to play in fits and starts anyway. I've been saying, I've said this for years. They have 20 really good minutes in every game. Mm. And sometimes they extend that to 40 minutes, but they never make it a, a 40 out of 40. It's, it's 20 in the first half, and then there's a 10-minute bit, and then there's a bit maybe a yeah. bit further on. But mm. at other times, they just seem to fade out of the game. Connacht have to be smart, get in, big job for Jack Carty, turn them back, drive them back. They are missing some key players. Mm-hmm. Uh, Balacone is out. Kutsi is on return to play protocols, indications. Dan McFarlane just wouldn't get into that. The, the local journalist kept saying, well, well, who's available? He said, I'm not talking about that. The team will be announced on Saturday. Um, which, again, was just showing that he's, you know, he mm-hmm. wasn't engaging in this. He's under pressure. So, Mm. Yeah, it was a fascinating half hour when you when you, you tune into something that you're not into every week. Yeah, um, yeah. And then <laughs> I decided it would be interesting to see when are they coming down to Galway? And he didn't want to answer that question. So uh, let's listen to how that played out. Can I just ask, are you travelling on the day, Dan, or do you come down before? Um, yeah, look, that, that's, uh, that's, that's little bits and pieces for us to look at, William. I don't want you banging the door on outside the hotel room if we're staying in. The hotel. <laughs> no, no, we're not. We're not allowed out of our houses, Dad. Oh, I'm not even going to say the name. Okay, we're coming down the night before. There you go. So the, they are coming down the night before, which I find really interesting because mm. it's a half seven kickoff mm. on Sunday night, which is a ludicrous kickoff. I know television has to space games, but there's no fans going. Yeah. Surely this game could have started at six o'clock. The story yeah. of that game could be out on Sunday night, whereas yeah. now it's going to go into Monday. Yes, and it, exactly. it could get a little bit lost because of this late kickoff time. I don't quite know what they're going to be doing. It's not exactly a lot to do with the new regulations. Okay, Danny, your thoughts? Are we going to win this game? Is this something Connacht can win? Yeah, I can't see why not. Like, yeah, we've been, we've been showing up uh, two weeks in a row, but you have to look at the attitude. Um, and while that might not work, we, we haven't quite figured out the next level to play at Champions Cup rugby. It certainly works at Pro 14 rugby. And if we get in their faces like we did Bristol, because we didn't let Bristol play for 34 minutes and then uh, Bundy gets a yellow card and they suddenly score two tries. But I, I, I didn't Actually, see Yeah, I know. I know everyone's going against Bundy, but. In the first half, their their try in the first half actually came from a silly tug by Dave Heffernan. 
And I'm thinking yeah. that there's Dave Heffernan making a silly mistake that he doesn't normally make, and then Bundy's making a silly mistake that he doesn't normally make. I just wonder if this this the transition back from Ireland to Connacht without any Pro 14 game in between has had just made them mentally tired. But we'll leave that for another day. We can we can talk about that one again, William. That's pressure. That's pressure exactly, William. Connacht going to win? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think they have to win. I don't, they, they certainly don't want to lose three in a row, and you don't want to lose two home games in a row, um, which it would mean they have two out of the three Inter-Pro games this Christmas are at home. It's mm. one of those years you're either one home, two away, which will be next season and, and was last season. And these are hard games. It's a tough time of the year to play. They've then got to sort out what they're trying to do in Europe after this. But if you can start this run of Interpros with a win, then you can take something into the next two. And they should be really smarting after the two European games. And they want to get back to to a side that they regularly beat in Galway, as we've seen. And they beat them at the Aviva in August. Mm -hmm. Ulster have been on a good run since then. So this is set up to be an interesting match. Uh, it it might be uh, it might be one for the purest. It mightn't be as exciting. It's it's just a good test for them. I think on the night they will win it. So before we finish, William, you're going to have someone, one of the coaches, to chat on Saturday after the team has been picked with a bit of luck. Um, and before we go to you reading out the results and fixtures, we'd just like to wish everyone a a very merry and happy Christmas. Yeah, it's going to be a different Christmas. It's going to be wherever you are in the world. It's uh, it's dominated by uh, the coronavirus, but let's hope that uh, everybody can make the best of it and we can still keep bringing them the story of Connacht rugby. Second round of pool matches in the European competitions and on Saturday, December the 19th, in Pool 1, Leinster 35, Northampton sits 19. In Pool 2, Gloucester 38, Ulster 34. Claremont of Earn, 31, Munster, 39. And on Sunday, December the 20th, in Pool 2, Harlequin, 7, Rassing, 92, 49. Connacht, 18, Bristol, 27. Saturday, December the 26th, Zebra versus Benetton with a 1pm kickoff. Dragons versus Cardiff, 3pm. Ospreys versus Scarlets at 5.15pm and Munster versus Leinster at 7.35pm. On Sunday the 27th of December, Glasgow Warriors versus Edinburgh has been postponed because of COVID issues and Connacht will take on Ulster at 7.35pm at the sports ground. Loose, cut it loose Break out or nothing changes Sad 